Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the scriptures of truth. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to minister these words to your people, and I thank you they're receptive. So we give you all the thanks and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We're going to talk, we've been talking about the glory of God, praise God, and how it's going to manifest in these last days. And we've seen a number of scriptures along this line. Uh, We're going to continue our study on it, and we're going to talk uh, today about the glory is for the harvest. There's coming a great manifestation of the glory. I told John the other day, I I just turned on uh, 700 Club, and there was something, a program connected with 700 Club just going off, and the guy had written a book about the coming glory that's about to manifest. And I said, see, uh, the body of Christ is picking up on this. And uh, the glory of God, with all the supernatural workings of God, is about to hit this earth and manifest. And there's going to become a a great revival that's going to come out of it. And multitudes of people are going to turn to the Lord. And we looked at the fact your sons and daughters will be drawn to the Lord and so on because there will be such a manifestation of God's presence and His working and glory. Praise God. Uh, in Zechariah 10.1, he said, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, and he will send bright clouds. So we've been encouraging people to, to pray for the clouds of glory to come in our midst. And that's the very presence and the working of God coming in our midst. Then in James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, it says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth, and he has long patience for it until he receives the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient and establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draws near. Now, you know, they would speak prophetically uh, with the spirit of foreknowledge and, and say some things almost as if it was going to happen immediately. But yet uh, some of these things about the early and the latter rain, the latter rain is in the time in which we live. The early rain was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost means uh, 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 harvest festival. And so there came an outpouring of the Spirit of God in this harvest uh, festival, praise God, at the beginning of the church age, and there was a great uh, reaping of souls at that time. But how many know there's a whole lot more people on earth today than there was back then? They had millions back then. We got billions today. And so the harvest is greater today. In uh, Joel 3.13, it says, Thrust in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. And Joel was prophesying about the days in which we live. Thrust in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. That's the gospel. Praise God. It's the sickle that's going to reap. Go preach the gospel to every creature. Amen? In Revelation chapter 14, verse 14, It says here, it says, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in the sickle and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap. 
for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. So we can see that the earth is about to be reaped. It is going to be reaped. Uh, God says there is an early and a latter rain, and uh, that there's coming a great harvest from the latter rain. Now, that does not mean that the body of Christ doesn't have to do anything. It means that there's a remnant, there's a certain uh, group from the body of Christ that's going to rise up in these days in which we live and become vessels of the Lord and be used by God, praise God, to go forth with the message and with the power of the Holy Ghost. So we want to be those people, amen? Praise God. We want to be a, we want to be a part of this great end time harvest. But uh, we should not be waiting for anything. We should, you know, Jesus said, look on the fields, they're white already unto harvest. In other words, there's, there's harvest all around us. Yes, there's coming a great end time harvest, but yet there's harvest all around us. Everybody that's not born again is lost and separated from God. And uh, they need to be reached for the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul writes, But if our gospel is hidden, concealed, it is hidden or concealed to those who are lost. See, multitudes are lost. In whom the God, little g, not talking about the heavenly father, but Satan, who became the God of this world when Adam bowed to him, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. For we preach not ourselves, but we preach Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For the God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Then he says we have this treasure in our earthen vessels that the excellency of power may originate with God and not with us. There's, there is life-changing power and glory on the inside of you. And if it is released through the words of the gospel into other human beings, it can have a powerful effect. It can bring light to their hearts. It can open up the eyes of their understanding. It gives the Holy Spirit something very, very powerful to work with. See, if the gospel is hid, the good news about Jesus Christ and Him coming to free mankind from the consequences of their sins, if it's hid to them, you know, those people, they're so blind, they don't even know that they're a sinner. And they just kind of think, you could tell by the way they talk on TV, they just kind of think everybody's going to heaven, you know. No matter how they live, no matter what they've done, you know, it's just, well, the Lord's looking, you know, now they're looking down from heaven. No, if, they, if they're not born again and, and not living for the Lord, that's not the case. See, but the world paints a false picture to just kind of put everybody in a false kind of a spiritual slumber and spiritual sleep. You know, Paul was sent to open people's eyes. In, uh, in the book of Acts, let me read from the book of Acts chapter 26. 
about the commission of the Lord to the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul later said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception that Christ Jesus has come into the world to save sinners. So he came to call sinners to repentance, sinners to turn from Satan back to God, praise God and to follow him, and that uh, they would then have light and life and praise God and could spend eternity with God. But in Acts chapter 26, uh, the Lord appeared to the Apostle Paul. Now, he wasn't the Apostle Paul at that time. He was called Saul of Tarsus. And he was out to destroy the church, to make havoc of the church. He thought the church was going contrary to the will of God and uh, trying to destroy Judaism. But really, Christianity is built on the foundation of Judaism, but that was meant to be a thing that passed away. Jesus came and completed that and started a new covenant in his blood. And so Paul was sent... Uh, he met the Lord on the road to Damascus. He was converted. He was born again, became Brother Saul, praise God. And here he's telling uh, the king his experience. In verse uh, 12, he said, Whereupon, I w- as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me with them that journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the earth under the power of the glory of God, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick up against the pricks. And that's like uh, an oxen kicking. They used to put uh, sharp objects behind their heels so they wouldn't kick the oxen cart. And so they would kick, but uh, it would hurt them. And he referred, you know, that to Paul. Paul, why are you kicking against the truth? Why are you kicking against me? You're only hurting yourself. And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared unto you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee, to open their eyes. Now this is not only the commission given to the Apostle Paul. He said in another place, the Lord said, what I say to one, I say to all. So basically it is a commission to each of us who have been born again. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, so that they may receive the forgiveness or the remission of sins and the inheritance given among them which are sanctified by the faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. But I showed first to them a Damascus where he was going to persecute the church. There he first preached the gospel. And then at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent of their lives of sin and they should turn to God and do works meet for repentance. That means live lives worthy of their professed repentance. 
And for this cause the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help from God, I continue to this day witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than that which the prophets and Moses did uh, say or foretell should come, that Christ would suffer and that he would be the first that would rise from the dead and he would show light unto the people, the people of Israel, and then unto the Gentiles. <clears throat> so we see uh, the commission given by the Lord Jesus to the apostle uh, uh, Paul, who became the Apostle Paul, it's to open people's eyes. See, everyone out there that is not born again living for the Lord is in the dark. You know, if they're not born again, no matter how religious they are, no matter how much they're involved in anything, what we would think of as something that looks like Christianity, if they're not born again, they're not saved. Jesus said, you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. you got to be born of the Spirit. You must be. didn't say, you know, it's a good idea or, you know. So really, the whole thing is people must be born again and switch spiritual families. And then before they'll do that, you have to open up their eyes. You open up their eyes by bringing them the light of the truth of the gospel. And uh, so he was sent to open their eyes to turn them. See, it's not a matter of them just saying a quick prayer. It's to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan. See, everybody there that's not born again is under the power of Satan. We've got to realize that. They're walking according to the prince of the power of the air, the evil spirit that is now still at work in disobedient people. So if they're, if they're not born again, they're under the power of Satan, and he is blinding their minds. So we are sent to open our eyes, turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan back to God, that they might receive the forgiveness of sins and the inheritance that is given to all those who are sanctified by the faith that is in Christ Jesus. See, uh, the faith of the gospel will start, Paul said, purifying their hearts by faith. The word of the gospel will start to purify their hearts and, and free them from their old bondages. A process takes place called sanctification. But uh, we got to get them regenerated. We got to get them born again. Hallelujah. And sometimes, uh, you know, you can get older in the Lord and start forgetting about that. You know, whereas first you realize, man, I'm born again. They all need to be born again. I need to tell everybody they need to be born again. And then after a while, you can start to think of things as commonplace. And, and you start forgetting that the people you work around, they're not born again. And they're not saved. And, you know, they're on their way to hell. And, you know, you know don't even hardly think about it at all. You, you know, you don't want to interfere with their lives or, or, or say anything. But, you know, God said through Ezekiel, warn them for me. Tell them. It's okay if you butt in their lives. It's okay if you step, you know, step on their spiritual toes. It's okay if you tell them even if they don't want to hear it. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. They don't know what's good for them. See? And you need to let them know. You need Jesus. and You need to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because... Uh, 
if they will turn to the Lord, their sins will be blotted out. Hallelujah. Their names will be written in heaven. They'll be forever grateful. They'll be forever thankful. Praise God that they're a part of the family of God because you, you stepped in. You know, there's been people I witnessed to that after I witnessed to them, they just, you know, they came under the conviction of the Holy Ghost and they just got miserable. They even blamed me for making them miserable, you know. But then afterwards they got born again <laughs> and were happy when they found the Lord. Hallelujah. At first, you know, you know, Wigglesworth, a powerful man of God, said, I have a message. It's going to make some people mad. It's going to make some people glad. But I have a message to deliver. You see, we got a message to deliver. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's a message from the Most High God. But we must deliver the message. See, we don't want to be forgetful. If we want to be used by the glory of God and the working of the Holy Spirit, praise God. Everybody wants experiences with God and with the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you what, just like John, you know, stepping out and, and that, those are experiences with God. And it's great joy. They that go forth bearing precious seed, the Bible said without a doubt they'll come again rejoicing, bringing their harvest with them. The precious seed of the gospel. Jesus said the, seed, the word is the seed. The seed is the word. Hallelujah. They need this seed planted in them. They have to have it. Without it, they won't know what's going on. The entrance of his words giveth light. Now, the Lord said in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So the Holy Ghost, with his power and his glory and his convicting power, is going to help you, is going to work with you. Praise God. As you take the witness stand and say, you know, can I just tell you something? I've been born again just like Jesus said, and there's hundreds of millions of other people that have been born again in the earth. And that shows that what Jesus said is true about being born again. And, and I just want to tell you, I got born again, and I, I know the Lord just like all those other people know the Lord. And this is real. And Jesus said you must be born again uh, to be a part of his kingdom and to escape the gates of hell. You know, can I tell you a little more about born again and uh, praise God? Or even if that's all you get to say, the Holy Spirit will work with whatever you give them to work with. You know, I've told you this before, but one, uh, there was uh, this young lady who became a powerful preacher and has won thousands and thousands and thousands of people to the Lord. But she was working as a cocktail waitress in Las Vegas uh, in one of their casinos, whatever. And, uh, you know, her, her life was kind of downhill and miserable and, and everything like that. And there was a backslidden, she later said it was a backslidden Baptist young lady who wasn't living for the Lord. And uh, when she saw how miserable this young lady was, she just said, what you need is Jesus. Now, this other young lady didn't even, never even heard of Jesus. You know, I mean, here you live in the United States, you heard nothing about Jesus. You know, this, this land to a degree is a heathen land also. You know, they just got, in a lot of ways, just got a, uh, a watered-down version of the gospel and not the real gospel, and which can't get people born again. 
See, so actually a lot of times it's a hindrance rather than a help. But uh, she told her that, and through a series of events, she found out who Jesus was and just said, whoever you are, come into my life. And Jesus came into her life, changed her, led her into the baptism in the Holy Ghost and called her to preach. And that was just from a backslidden Christian saying, you need Jesus. Hallelujah. So how much more if you're in tune with the Lord and you're living for the Lord and you say something to somebody about the Lord, just Jesus loves you and and he wants to come in your life and give you peace and, and assurance of heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but we, have to, we have to do more than just want it in a service like this. We actually have to step out and be a witness. We actually have to hand somebody something. We actually have to uh, open up our mouth and just say something, you know. And it may be a little scary because you're stepping into somebody's territory in their life and, and that. But uh, praise God, just do it. Do it for Jesus' sake. You're not, do, you're not doing it because you feel like it. You're doing it for their soul's sake and for Jesus' sake. Paul said we, we preach for Christ's sake, for Jesus' sake. Amen? We're doing it for him because he, he died for them. Now, remember, with the latter rain, with this glory is coming the harvest. I'm going to read again uh, like we have been from Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness, spiritual and moral darkness, shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles, the heathen, shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather themselves together. They come to thee. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you will see and flow together. Hallelujah. The body of Christ is about to see the glory of God poured out, and it's going to make people one. Jesus said, Father, the glory you gave me, I gave them that they may be one just like we're one. The more that glory manifests, the more the church will be one, at least the church that accepts the glory. See, a lot of professing Christendom is not going to accept the glory of God. They're already against any of the supernatural of God. See, and, and, and they will vocalize that, and it will become more and more obvious as those uh, that don't want the power of God and the working of God separate themselves. But uh, those uh, that want to will flow together, and your heart will fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea, that's talking about the sea of humanity, shall be converted unto you. And the forces or the riches of the Gentiles shall come unto you. Hallelujah. Now, what, what was a real impact in the early church, Paul said in Romans 15, 19, by mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, I have fully preached the gospel. Hallelujah. So that in the space of two years, all of Asia heard the word of God without television, without satellite, without radio, Because God was manifesting his glory. God was manifesting his presence and power. And so, uh, praise God, the the gospel message was going forth in great glory. 
Well, that was the early rain. But now we are in the time of the latter rain. There's more people on the earth now, a lot more people on the earth now. And that rain, like we said, the husbandman, the father, he waits for the precious fruit of the earth, the souls in the earth. And that latter rain is going to hit, and, and he said the abundance of the sea is going to be converted. i tell you what, it's going to be a big harvest. If the abundance of the sea of humanity is going to be converted, see, what's going to happen is that sickles, the uh, people, you, you are the sickle. You're going to be sharpened. You're going to be anointed with the glory of God. You are anointed. But it's going to manifest more and more. But you could step out now and because the measure you use it, it'll be measured back to you again. So if you actually start stepping out now, praise God, you'll be, uh, you know, ahead of the program. Praise God. You'll have more glory flowing through you. And so... This is, this is uh, praise God, beginning to take place. It started in 1967, mostly. There wasn't many people converted for almost 2,000 years, you know that? It went through the dark ages, and then, you know, you get a few people like Luther and Wesley, and, you know, started some things, and they had partial truths and, and so on. But uh, praise God, the light is coming. He said, the light will come. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God is going to come and manifest more and more. Praise God. And you're going to realize that light's upon you and you're anointed to uh, cause those that are in the dark to be drawn to yourself. Hallelujah. Lift up Jesus. He said, I will draw all men to me. Amen. Praise God. So uh, Paul said mighty signs and wonders. And you know, Paul also quoted the scripture in uh, Hebrews 2.13 he said, I am the children which God has given me. But if you, if you go on with that scripture and you go back to Isaiah 8.18 where he quoted that from, it's I and the children which God has given me are for signs and wonders. And creation, we looked at creation is waiting for the sons of God to be glorified and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. We know when Jesus was manifest, he destroyed the works of the devil. And so uh, praise God, that, that is... That is beginning. The, the supernatural is about to be turned up in the church, and the world will see it. The world is going to begin to recognize that something is happening in what is called the body of Christ or the church, that there's something supernatural there, that the world can duplicate a lot of things, but they can't duplicate the glory and the power of God. I believe there's going to be many, many notable miracles and even, you know, notable people get notable miracles. Hallelujah. And uh, before the Lord comes, you know, he's going to thrust in the sickle before he comes and catches the church and his harvest away to be with him. Hallelujah. Now, each of us has a part to play. Joel, speaking about these last days, he said, let the heathen be awakened. See, they're in a spiritual sleep of death. Let them be awakened. It's, it's basically our job to wake them up. It's time for spiritually minded men and women to rise up and to wake up those that are sleeping in spiritual death. See, they are dead in trespasses and sins, 
blinded by Satan. They, they don't know what's happening. And, you know, we want Jesus to come. How many want Jesus to come back, take you to heaven? So shall you ever be with the Lord and praise God. We're all looking for him, amen? We all want that. We all want to get caught up in those glory clouds. But guess what? The Bible said in Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom must first be preached as a witness to all nations before the end comes. Hallelujah. So the body of Christ is, has got to be busy. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, for we are workers together, co-workers together with God. You see, God still has to work through us. Now, I mentioned I believe there's coming a time right at the end when God's just going to move as God. Man's time period is going to be over. Then God can show himself as God. But in the meantime, he has to work through our hands your mouth is the pulpit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in some of the spheres where you're at, whether it's at work, you're the only one there that can reach them. You're the only born-again person there. In other words, that's like your mission field, to start praying for those people and to start praying for an open door of opportunity. Praise God that God can open, that no man can shut. An open door of opportunity to share the gospel with them. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38, uh, it says, The Lord saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. See, that's what they're all like sheep gone astray. They're all wandering, uh, all crisscross directions. They don't know where, where they're going. They don't know what life's about. They don't know there's an eternity hanging in the balance. They don't know that they're heading for hell. They don't know, they don't know that. They don't, they don't have anybody that's telling them that, that has any knowledge. Their drinking buddies ain't going to tell them, you know. Their buddies that shoot the needle up ain't going to tell them. Their, you know, fellow workers aren't going to typically tell them. Only somebody that's born again can tell them. See, and he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest, that he would send laborers into his harvest. What harvest? The harvest of wheat and barley and corn? No, the harvest of souls. See, he's looking at all those people. Every soul is a part of that harvest that needs to be reaped. We want Jesus to come and take us to heaven, and he wants that harvest to be reaped. Praise God. And even though he says it's going to be reaped, it's still going to take the body of Christ before it's reaped to stand up and start doing something about it. Reaping, telling people. Handing out literature. See, this must first be preached before the end can come. Hallelujah. So we need, to, we need the spirit of revival in us collectively and, and spiritually. We need to be, you know, when you're revived, you start caring for other souls. If you're not revived, you just think about me, 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 me. My name is Jimmy. What you're going to give me? See, you're just, you're just more thinking about yourself, and that's all you think about. You, you don't stop and think, 
well, that soul's lost. Well, that person just died. He's lost. You don't think about, you don't think about the lost, that, that they're heading for hell. And, you know, we had that terrible thing happen in the school. Who would have ever thought that 17 of those people would go one morning and, you know, by the end of the morning or whenever it happened, by the end of that school day, their lives would be gone. Who would have ever thought it? You just never would have thought. But that, that's repeated uh, over 100,000 times every day. You know, 100,000 to 200,000 people go off into eternity every day. And, very, and, almost, uh, and the vast majority of them without Jesus. See, that's a lost harvest. It's sad. But you know, if we're caught up with the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust for other things, pleasures of this life, we're not going to even pay any attention. We're too focused on, on too many other things. We need to focus, yes, on the glory. We want the glory. Because, yes, the glory is times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. We love his joy. We love his peace. We love his presence. We love the working of the, of the Holy Ghost as he does things in our midst. And, and God even sometimes will even play with his kids in that glory. And you can have a great time in the Lord. And we all love that. And we want that. And we, we pray for that joy unspeakable and full of glory. But we also want the spirit of revival that we're revived. That means uh, that we're like doing, our first, doing the first works. When we first got saved, we were concerned about other souls. And, and uh, <coughs> I remember, you know, when I first got saved and realized I got saved. At first, you know, when I got saved, I was just wondering why the Lord kept following me around wherever I went. But then after that, I started getting concerned for, well, what about my relatives? What about my brothers and my sisters? What about... What about this one and that one? See, there was a concern in my soul about that. But you know what? Time can go by and years can go by and they're still alive. And, and you could just take for granted, well, they're still alive and, and, and so on and so forth like that. But we need to be revived. We need that concern back, you know. Not that it torments us or or oppresses us in any kind of a way, but just a concern that, okay, that person needs to hear. That person needs the gospel. Hallelujah. He said through Ezekiel, uh, he said, warn the wicked for me. Tell them for Jesus. Because, you know, just like the testimony we, we see, you see somebody living a rough life, drug dealer and everything, but really the peace he got from Jesus was worth more than all of that. It's just that people don't know. See, and I'm going to be showing other testimonies in the future, people different walks of life, just to get it into each one of us, that no matter who you meet, how they act, who they are, what position they have, if they're, you know, a rich man, a poor man, uh, no matter what race or color, no matter how they were brought up, they all need the gospel. And that gospel can change each and every one of them. So we need that spirit of soul winning back on the church. You know, Jesus said, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Because people need to be born again. Hallelujah. Our families, our fellow workers need to be born again. People we do business with. 
people in McDonald's and drive throughs and so on. They need to be born again. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new, and all things are of God. The Bible said, you are of God, little children. See, you became a new creature. Who would have, you know, a lot of you, your high school buddies, when you were growing up, they would have never thought of you as one, becoming a Christian, living for Jesus, reading your Bible all the time and going to church. How many of you, your high school buddies, would have never thought of you as being somebody like that? Let me see you raise your hands. And you know, they may hear about you and say, not so, not, not, not Fazio. Anybody but him. You know, that's what they thought about Saul of Tarsus, anybody but him. Even when he got born again, they, they weren't sure he was <laughs> until they found out he was preaching Jesus, the Son of God, in the synagogues. What you see, uh, it seemed as though you were an unlikely candidate for it many of you, but yet here you are, praise God, born again, living for God, and so on, a new creature in Christ Jesus. It says, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry. See, he really has given to each one of us the ministry of reconciliation. To know that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. If they would repent, Jesus came to call sinners to repentance uh, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were speaking to you by us. So we are ambassadors now for Christ. We need to invite people to church. We need to sow seeds about uh, people coming to the Lord and, and so on. Paul said, I planted Apollos water. God caused the miracles. God's going to be working together with you. You're not in this alone. When you start sharing, God continues working. You know, I use a good example of my brother when, when I first got born again and we all were drinking buddies, you know. He, they had white tuxedos at our wedding, at mine and Doreen's wedding. My brother was one that was in the wedding party, white tuxedos. And he went drinking for about three, four days and never took the white tuxedo off during the whole time. It wasn't white anymore when he brought it back. But when I, when I tried, after I got saved, I got saved because somebody at work told me you know, and somebody, Doreen's sister, planted some seeds in us, and then somebody else started telling me at work, and finally I started looking in the Bible, then God helped me by quickening a passage of Scripture to me, and it went into my heart, and I ran in the bedroom and called on the name of the Lord, repented of my sins, and got saved, and I didn't know he was in that bedroom, but he was there. You can call on him in the mountains of Tibet or in the jungles of Africa, he's there. Same Jesus is right there all over the face of the whole earth. Amen. So I got saved and got on fire and got concerned about my relatives and started telling them all. They thought we, were got, we went 
crazy, you know, got, went overboard on religion, thought we took a long walk on a short pier. <laughs> they just thought we went too far with this. But see, it wasn't too far. I haven't gone far enough yet. I need to go farther. We all need to go farther in Jesus. We all need to go farther in God. We all need to get fired up again. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. We don't need to retire. We need to refire. Glory to God. Hallelujah. need to get fired up again. Get that fire burning. Get that soul winning spirit going again. Amen? Hallelujah. I told... I told him about Jesus, and I remember right where I was. I was in my dad's bedroom. He had come upstairs for some reason. I was up there, and I thought this is a good opportunity to witness to him, and I started telling him, and he got so mad, his face turned red. He put up his fists. Don't ever tell me about this stuff. I don't want to hear about it. Don't ever bring this up. And I just kept talking, but I could feel that evil spirit uh, shaking my body. It was like a cold force coming off of him. And I could feel it coming against me. And he, he's kind of like manifesting and mad and, and everything. And, and uh, it, was around, it was Christmas time. So what I did then after that, I, well, I just kind of stopped then. But the, then he went downstairs and I took a bunch of gospel stuff and stuck it in his guitar case. So when he got back to wherever he was, he'd open his guitar case and see all this gospel stuff. But you see, the strangest thing, you know, the girl he was dating had never brought up. She was a Christian, never brought up. Uh, she was, you know, anything about church. But he's, he's dating somebody, and what she does is bring gospel records over to listen to the gospel. How in the world that happened? I couldn't have arranged that. You know, track her down. Hey, would you please bring some gospel records over? Over my brother's getting, you know. He needs some watering. You know. No, she, and then, then after that, then he's lying in the living room watching TV and the glory of God manifested and dealt with him. And he repented and surrendered his heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now he's been a preacher for many years. Hallelujah. About 20, 20 30 years. And been preaching. He's very happy. He's totally committed to God. He's really... See, a lot of times people don't look like they'll be happy at first. That's because if it's just religion, leave me alone. But it's not. It's reality that we have. I would say it too. If it's just religion... First of all, if it was just religion, I wouldn't be up here. I'd still be out in the world. See? But it's, it is reality. There is a real heaven. There is a real hell. This is real. And everybody needs it. Amen? Praise God. So whether they know it or not, whether they get mad or not, praise God. Don't let that stop you. God told uh, Jeremiah, don't look at their faces. Their faces may contort and get all kinds of looks on it, but don't pay any attention to that. Hallelujah. And, and you know, we don't need a special calling for this. See? Now some people do have a lifetime special calling, but to share the gospel, we don't need a special calling for that. Uh, what we need is a step into action. Hallelujah. You know, John has seen uh, probably well over 100 people healed since he's, hundred, hundreds of people healed since he's, since he's started doing this. But you know, the book of Acts wouldn't be the book of Acts if they never acted. Amen. 
See, what he's going to try to do a week from Wednesday, if you come, is try to help you to understand you can heal the sick. You can do it. You don't need any special feeling. You don't need any extra special anointing than what you got right now. I mean, you can increase in that, but you can get the sick healed. You can get people delivered right now. See, but if you don't know the potential that's in you, you'll never step out and do it because you'll, th- you'll always think you're lacking somehow. And the devil will just kind of put you on hold. And you'll be, still be on hold next year and the year after and the year after like that. So we need to be active on Christ's commission. Praise God. We need this uh, to answer this call for the harvest. We need to not only pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers, but we also, praise God, need to be a part of the harvest. And the Holy Spirit will work with us like he did with my brother, like he did with me. See, he convicted me apart from that guy witness to me at work that I was looking in the Bible and it jumped off the page and got about that big and it shot right into my heart. I never in all my life would have expected something like that to happen. But that's probably what, it, what it, it was necessary for that to happen to me. But you see, that man had a part to play in it. And Darian's sister had a part to play in it. See, seeds are planted. Praise God. So even if you plant seeds, that's great. I planted. The sower sows the word. Hallelujah. Now the glory is going to be more, more and more manifest. And, uh, and then as we ask the Lord for more of it, because he said, ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, and he'll send clouds, bright clouds of glory. And in those clouds, we've been ta- talking about the fact that in those clouds, the Lord speaks out of that cloud. The Lord works miracles out of that cloud. The Lord can change your life from glory to glory from that cloud. Praise God. All kinds of wonderful things can take place in the glory cloud. Now that glory is in you. He wants it more manifest in, in each of us and around us and in our homes. He does want that. But then we also need to be sensitive to the Lord and, and be open. Praise God to be used by that glory. And let the Spirit of God work through you, through your words. You don't have to be a theologian. You just have to know Jesus touched me and changed me and Jesus can touch you. And Jesus can change you. He helped me. He can help you. Hallelujah. Amen.